Hello and welcome to another podcast. Actually, it's our third in the series presented by the Division of Student Affairs in conjunction with Destination Kent State. I'm your host, Matt Lupica, staff writer for the division. And today's episode is a good one. We will be covering the areas of health and safety as well as student conduct. I'm also excited to welcome back my co-host, Dean of Students, Talia Drummer-Farrell. Hi there. Hey, Matt. How are you? We're great. How are you? Good. Now, joining us on today's podcast is the interim chief university physician, Dr. Lisa Dana Miller, to discuss health and safety, along with the assistant dean of students and director of student conduct, Todd Kamenesh, who will talk about student conduct. Thanks for joining us, guys. Sure. Thanks for having us. Now, Lisa, I'm going to start with you regarding health and safety, which, of course, is a major hot button topic these days. Now, when you have a bunch of students on campus, there's bound to be some health issues. What are some of the most common usage that students have for the health center that you've seemed to notice? Well, really, the top five things that we usually see at the health center are upper respiratory infections, uh, mental health conditions such as anxiety and depression, screening and evaluation for sexually transmitted diseases, abdominal complaints, women's health, and musculoskeletal conditions such as sprains and broken bones. Now, to piggyback off of that, what are some other things that University Health Services offers that students may find to be of use should they need it? So it's a pretty uh, full-service health center. We have physicians and nurse practitioners that offer face-to-face appointments and telehealth appointments for evaluation of any health concern that you would normally uh, see your primary care doctor for. Um, We have Women's Health that offers preventative health maintenance, uh, sexually transmitted infection evaluation and contraception. Also at the health center, we have laboratory services to draw blood and do blood tests. And we also do testing for infectious diseases such as strep throat, influenza, mono. And we are planning on offering COVID testing this year. Also at the health center, we can do x-rays on site. We also have a pharmacy to fill the prescriptions as well as to provide over-the-counter medications. We also have many immunizations that we're able to provide and we highly encourage all students to get their annual flu shots. I have to put in that little bit of plug for that. There's no vaccine available yet for COVID-19, but we highly recommend that students get immunized against flu so we're not fighting the COVID pandemic as well as flu. Psychological services also is at the health center and these services are invaluable to students, mental health and well-being. Health promotion is also at the health center and they offer many services such as blood donation drives, depression screening day, monthly free and anonymous HIV and hepatitis C screening, as well as many more services. Do students have to make an appointment or can they just walk right in and get the service? So that is changing this year. With COVID-19, we are not going to have walk-ins or our flash clinic, which is new. Okay, and how do they find out more information about that? So, you know, like many of the health centers now, because of COVID-19, we've had to make changes for safety. So they can schedule online. They can also call to make an appointment. Other changes that we've made this year is that we are going to have students able to do a mobile stuff check-in with their phones so we can avoid having large crowds in the waiting room. But a lot of these things that we've made is to keep students safe as well as to keep the healthcare workers safe. We've uh, installed plexiglass to help provide a barrier because sometimes you can't, for an interaction with a healthcare professional, you're not always able to physically distance. Uh, We are also offering face-to-face visits, but a lot of changes at the health center, it will look different. Our doors are going to be locked, and when a student arrives, they'll have to call and let us know that they have arrived, or will text us, and then we will screen them for COVID and check their temperature. 
Well, Dr. Dana Miller, thank you so much. This is really helpful information as I know a lot of our incoming students and parents as well as our returning students have had a lot of questions about this. So thank you again. Welcome. To recap, you're listening to a podcast from the Division of Student Affairs in conjunction with Destination Kent State, focusing on health and safety as well as student conduct. Our guests today are Interim Chief University Physician, Dr. Dana Miller, and the Director of Student Conduct and Assistant Dean of Students, Todd Kamenash. So Todd, um, I wanna start by asking you a question that may shed some light on how things are aligned with our local authorities. So what partnerships does the university have with Kent State University Police Department or what we know as public safety? Well, Talia, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. And especially uh, in current times, the communication with our law enforcement is so important. Uh, we feel like we have a very strong relationship with our police department, uh, both our police, so the uh, Kent State University Police, as well as the uh, outside police agency that's in our area, which is the City of Kent Police and the Sheriff's Department. For us to operate and help our students out, we need to make sure that we understand each other well. And that's not just in language, but also in how we're gonna handle certain situations. Uh, so they can be handled appropriately with the right people and then help our students out as best as possible. So uh, we have a lot of people who work with each other on a regular basis. It's really a wonderful collaboration. It also helps us for communication when we have bigger events going on. So when we're concerned about things like Halloween or fake Patty's Day, things like that, we can have really good connection and communication with those areas. Some areas that really can use that, which is a great help, is our, uh, is our fraternity and sorority life. And so uh, our fraternity and sorority life meet with, uh, with the local police officers, both campus and off campus on a regular basis in a positive way. If they can develop that relationship, then when something unfortunate does happen, we can have a better understanding of it and it can be less confrontational than anything else. So we feel as though uh, cultivating that relationship has been a very important part of what our roles are. Yeah, that's great. So another question kind of parallel to that last one, you know, when people hear student conduct, they think of these are the rules and regulations and these are the punishments. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the educational components of your office and how our students can learn from their experiences? Sure. I, well, a lot of people, you know, whether it's students or even family members of mine, think that I'm the principal or something like that. And, uh, and that's okay to some extent. Really, my role here is as an educator. The Office of Student Conduct is not designed to punish people. Uh, our goal is to help students understand their processes and their learning. Because let's face it, we've all made silly mistakes in our lives. And the vast majority of cases that we see are lower level nonviolent situations where people test boundaries. And we tell them to do that. You know, we don't tell them to break rules, but we say to folks, hey, explore here, try this, do this different thing, break out of your comfort zone. Why would we expect telling people to do that and then not have anything bad ever happen out of it? Of course, some challenging things are gonna happen. So our role in most situations is to help with those folks who understand that they made a mistake, understand that their values don't align with some of their behaviors and help them reestablish that connection. So in a lot of ways we're building, that's a lot of what we do. Not only do our hearings represent that, which are really guided conversations, but also our outcomes, if a student is found responsible, are designed to be educational and not so much punishment. All right, that's great. So, you know, I don't know about you, Todd, but back in my day, we had printed copies of our student code of conduct. Can you tell our listeners where they can find more information about our code of conduct here at Kent State University? 
Sure, so uh, you can just search anywhere for Kent State University Code of Student Conduct and you'll find it. It's on our website. Uh, it's also on the university's website. All you gotta do is search for student conduct. We actually haven't printed a code of conduct in years and years. Uh, and well, I got here about 10 years ago and the last time it was printed was I believe about eight years ago. Uh, so if you wanna find a hard copy, then it's gonna be you printing it yourself. Otherwise, it's all gonna be online, all accessible, whether it's by your phone or by any other smart device or computer. So uh, the website for us is uh, kent.edu backslash student conduct, and you'll find the code right there as well as our process and a whole bunch of other hopefully helpful resources. Well, that's a very efficient way to do it is to save on printing costs. So I'm sure the college appreciates that as well. Now, as we mentioned previously, there's this thing called the coronavirus pandemic that really flipped everything upside down. I'd like to ask both of you kind of a lighthearted question, starting with you first, Lisa. What has been the best and worst part for you working remotely? I think the best part is the drive. It, I live in Green, so it takes about 30 minutes to get there and to get home. So not having that drive is nice. The worst part, kind of identify two, really, that's hard to say the difference between them. One is I do miss being able to see students in person and coworkers. I'm very much an extrovert. But the other thing is, when you don't go to work and you stay there and come home, it's hard to shut off work. So I feel like I'm looking at my emails and looking at my computer all day. How about you, Todd? Well, I'll, I'll stay positive. I'll start with the best thing about it uh, for now is I'm fortunate to have a very supportive family. Uh, and right now I get to stare out of a window into a backyard, which is a relatively small backyard, but we have trees lining it. And so we have all sorts of nature that I can see. So birds and squirrels and rabbits and things and uh, and so it's a really peaceful way to spend my day as I stare at this computer screen doing what I do all day. So the, the best thing has been having a window that I can see out of that actually has nature around it because at my office at work, which I enjoy very much, but it's a, there's a privacy thing that has to come with it. And so all of our windows are either frosted or they're not windows. Uh, so, you know, we are inside of walls all day long. So, uh, and again, we're fortunate to have what we have, and I'm not complaining about that at all, but it is lovely to be able to see nature a lot more of the day than I ever was before. Uh, I will echo what Lisa said for the challenges, which is we work this job in a college and a university so that we can interact with other human beings, with young people with energy, uh, and we feed off of that energy, which is what we really enjoy, and our coworkers as well. And so to not be in the physical presence of other people has been draining in a lot of ways. Uh, and you know, I've heard different terms for it, but with so many meetings, either on Teams or Zoom, you know, staring at a computer is, is, uh, is okay for a while, uh, but it's tiring. It's nice to be able to look at a person in the face and have a conversation face to face. So uh, with all hopes, prayers, and luck, we'll be there again sometime soon. And Todd, that explains your calm demeanor, that nature looking out the window there, huh? <laughs> I should record it, right? Mm -hmm. I think we all could use a little bit of that. So here's another question for both of you. And Todd, since you just wrapped up, you can go ahead and answer this one first. What do you look forward to the most this upcoming semester? What I always look forward to is interacting with our students because I learn so much from them. I know that we're supposed to be the ones that a lot of ways do in the teaching, but the reality is they are our source of energy and inspiration. And so for us not to be sitting there with students, it makes the summers go a little longer. I don't mind getting a little break here and there. I think that's nice. However, there's something special about the environment when we have students all together and 
uh, and all of us working and pulling and trying to help our students be successful. So that's what I always look forward to every fall. Absolutely. And you, Lisa? It's, it's pretty much the same. It's, uh, I always enjoy meeting new students and learning about them as well as their educational goals. I also um, love meeting new international students and learning about their culture. And I always question them on the healthcare in their country. So they do educate us. Um, and it's just been a pleasure just to um, be able to interact with students. And to wrap up, one more thing for both of you. What is some advice you have for our students listening to this right now? How about you, Lisa? What do you say? I say study hard and enjoy your college years as they go by way too fast. And Todd? Oh, if I had some words of wisdom that I listened to when I was that age, that would be awesome. What I'll say is enjoy yourself, learn, be open, uh, and be kind. Well, this certainly has been some very beneficial information for our students. I'd like to once again take a moment to thank our guests, Interim Chief University Physician, Dr. Lisa Dannemiller, and Assistant Dean of Students and Director of Student Conduct, Todd Kamenash, for coming on the podcast, along with my co-host, Dean of Students, Talia Drummer-Farrell. Thanks, everyone. And be sure to stay tuned for future podcasts to be released throughout the summer, including covering the topics of leadership, student organizations, and more. Just a quick note, we will hear more about safety in a later podcast as we meet the new to the division areas, including our Center for Sexual Relationship, Violence, and Support Services. You can also access previous podcasts on the Division of Student Affairs Facebook and Twitter pages. For more information on Destination Kent State, we encourage you to visit our website at www.kent.edu destination or download the DKS mobile app on your smartphone. And, of course, don't forget to follow the Division of Student Affairs on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for important information. Hey, thanks again for joining us for this podcast from the Division of Student Affairs. And until next time, I'm Matt Lupica saying today is a good day to have a great day.